0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Be Careful Out There. I'm Chris.
2: And I'm Kelsey. And today I have got a pretty murdery tale for all of you.
0: Ooh, (laughs) not a disappearance this time.
2: Nope, this one is bloody.
0: Ooh, scary.
2: (laughs) Anything you want to say before we get into it?
0: Well, there was one story that I actually did want to share with everybody because it was really funny. And I've been meaning to share the story for a while because it happened like two months ago, Uh huh. but I kept forgetting to mention it. And it's just like super funny. So I was delivering some packages for Uber Eats. It was like the prescriptions from Safeway. So it was from like the pharmacy. It was 13 packages for like $152. So it was a really good order. And then like four orders went to one assisted living facility. And then like five orders went to another. So really it wasn't even that many orders. But the last one that I dropped off, I asked the lady to sign on my phone for her package. And she goes, this is really difficult, young man. And then she looked at me and she smiled and she goes, I've been waiting my entire life to say young man. (laughs) That was just so funny. We've
2: been laughing about that for weeks.
0: (laughs) Yes, that is great. I love that. I can't believe I've waited so long to share that on here, but that made my day. It was so funny.
2: (laughs) Well, we live in Oregon and it's rainy season. And today we saw a pretty big slug. The size of a cow, actually.
0: <laughs> okay, maybe not the size of a cow, but it had black spots on it that kind of looked like the spots you would see on a cow, or at least that's what I thought of when I saw it.
2: And it was a pretty big slug, too.
0: <laughs> yes, it was pretty big. It was It was huge. It's probably like, I don't know, five, six inches long. It was, it was a big boy.
2: Yeah, so we're calling it a cow slug.
0: Yes. <laughs> and one last thing before we dive into your story. James from Another Shade of Crime actually reached out to us and uh, mentioned that he's listened to our podcast and he really enjoys it and said that he would be willing to put a promotion for our podcast on his, which was super awesome. We were super excited about that. And so we decided to give his podcast a listen. And my God, it is phenomenal. It's the best research, the best storytelling. The person doing the narration is amazing It is probably the best solo true crime podcast I've ever heard. I love it. You should all check it out. And we actually have a promo for their podcast that we're going to share with you guys now.
1: What kind of friends vacation with you to celebrate your birthday and then end up murdering you within 24 hours? As a black police officer, how do you justify torturing, then murdering your own people? Did Forgotten Soul singer Jesse Belvin die from a simple traffic accident, or was he murdered by the Klan for uniting the races around his music? And what was the exact moment when Tupac Shakur became beloved by his community, but also hated by police everywhere? Finally, how did Samuel Little become the most prolific serial killer in American history? We will answer these questions and more on the third season of Another Shade of Crime, a true crime podcast about crimes committed to and by people of color. Find us on Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere podcasts are found. If
0: that trailer sounded intriguing to you, then be sure to go check out Another Shade of Crime. They're currently on season three. I listened to all of season one in one day and half of season two because I listen to podcasts at 2x speed it will really capture you. Like, it is so good. So if that sounded interesting to you, be sure to check him out.
2: Yeah, if you're looking for something to binge, that's the way to go. Trust me.
0: And again, it's called Another Shade of Crime, and they upload monthly.
2: So today I'm going to be talking about the murder of Cassie Jo Stoddart, who was a 16-year-old high school student murdered by her two classmates, Brian Draper and Tori Adamick, on September 22nd, 2006, in Poticello, Idaho.
0: Wow, you really like covering stories where it's like classmates attacking each other.
2: Yep, this is just becoming a theme for my stories, I guess. So get used to it.
0: Did you have some weird encounter in high school that you need to tell us about?
2: No, I didn't. That's why I'm doing all of these stories.
0: (laughs) Alright, fair enough. I was just wondering if maybe you were drawn to these for a particular reason.
2: That makes me sound like a psychopath, like I wanted to get stabbed or something.
0: Or maybe you wanted to stab somebody. I mean, high schoolers are really annoying.
2: Oh yeah. Just wait.
0: I went to four high schools in three years, so trust me, all high schools suck. None of them are any better than any of the other ones. They're all nope. they're all garbage.
2: <laughs> Thank you for that. I agree. So, Brian and Tori were two young men with very big aspirations. They both wanted to become famous serial killers, and they wanted to be known as clever killers carrying out brilliant schemes.
0: Whoa, okay. That, that is different. We haven't covered anything like that where they wanted to be known as serial killers. That's Straight crazy. up psychopaths. That's crazy.
2: They were heavily inspired by Billy Loomis in the movie Scream, So, they devised a death list full of people they wanted to kill, consisting of, you know, some of their friends and classmates. And Cassie, unfortunately, was on that list. Who was Cassie? She was described as a very nice kid who was friends with just about everyone. She stayed out of trouble and got good grades, and for whatever reason, Brian and Tori thought she would be a good first kill. And They had the perfect opportunity to do just that on September 22nd because Cassie was house sitting for her aunt and uncle, and she had the whole place to herself. So she had her boyfriend, Matt Beckham, there to keep her company. And unfortunately, Matt was friends with Brian and Tori, and they came over too. The four kids hung out for a couple of hours watching Kill Bill Volume 2 before Brian and Tori left supposedly to go see another movie in theaters. But they did not mention the fact that while they were in the house, they had gone to unlock the basement door so that they could sneak back into the house later that night.
0: Okay, hold on. I want to go back a second. They thought that Cassie, right? Uh-huh. Cassie would be a good first kill. How? How is that a sentence that anyone's ever said? A well, good first kill?
2: Well, these were people who had a death list. These were not normal people. No. I don't know what rubric they had.
0: That's what I'm wondering. What are the qualifications what are for the a good first kill? Honestly, I don't want to know. Like, that would probably give me nightmares. Honestly. But what are the qualifications for a good first kill? Just that sentence, good first kill. That's just weird.
2: Weird. Yeah. Yeah,
0: weird. <laughs> the only good first kill is if you're out hunting and you kill, like, a deer or something of that sort. I believe hunting is a good thing because at least that's kind of the natural cycle. I know some people don't like hunting. If you don't, that's fine. I don't judge you. Live your own life. But I think hunting an animal like a deer or an elk or something like that, especially if you're going to eat it. I don't really love trophy hunting in general, but if you're going to kill an animal to then eat it, I think that's much more natural in the cycle of life than raising these animals for slaughter and keeping them in very poor living conditions yeah agriculture
2: is the real animal abuse
0: yeah so I think going out and hunting or fishing and catching and killing your own food I actually think that's a really good thing to do I wish I had more money and free time to go hunting and fishing because those are very expensive hobbies yeah
2: and just to be clear like I'm not a vegan or anything I eat meat I eat eggs all of that I'm not judging anyone
0: yeah yeah you do you, live your life the way you want to. I don't care. Yeah, just this is don't, just a discussion. Just don't try and tell me how I should live my life, you know? So I'm going to eat animals and things like that. I'm going to hunt. I'm going to fish. But if you don't want to do that, like, I don't care. I'm not forcing you to go out hunting or fishing or whatever.
2: Not the tangent I expected us to go on, but very interesting. <laughs> yes.
0: You never know what tangents we're going to go on. We always are taking left turns. <laughs>
2: So, yeah, their plan was to sneak back into the house later that night, and they did. They didn't park at the house. They parked a little ways away, and they geared up for the kill. There was black clothing. There were gloves. There were masks. They had to look the part.
0: So I'm, I'm imagining Joel and Sheila from Santa Clarita Diet. Yes. Like, that's what these people are wearing going in for this?
2: Yes. If you haven't seen Santa Clarita Diet, it's one of the best comedies out there. Go watch it.
0: The only reason I wouldn't recommend it to people is because season three ends on a cliffhanger and then they canceled it. And that's so annoying.
2: Trigger warnings for gore and vomiting.
0: Yeah, especially in the first episode. <laughs> Lots of vomiting. You might have to
2: wonder why I would have to give a warning for vomiting, but just trust me. If you watch that first episode, you'll know.
0: Yeah, the first episode's a little rough. <laughs>
2: So yeah, I'm sure it was super important to them that they looked like real killers. So Cassie and Matt were still watching TV in the living room when Brian and Tori snuck into the basement. Now, they wanted to commit murder, yes, they wanted Cassie gone, but that wasn't enough. They wanted to really scare her first because they wanted something reminiscent of the Scream movies.
0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com people today.
2: Chris and I just watched the most recent one the other day. And it's so insane to think that there's people like us who just watch the movies for fun. But there's also a percentage of their fan base that are psychopaths statistically and maybe get a little too much enjoyment from the films. I really haven't thought about that, which is surprising, but now I'm not going to be able to watch the movies without that in mind.
0: Yeah, so that brings up a topic that's widely discussed with video games, and it's somewhat discussed with horror movies, but I think most people, especially politicians, will bring that up. Every time that there's a mass shooting, they're like, oh, people have been desensitized to shooting video games and that's what's causing all of these school shootings and there's no evidence to support that whatsoever so that topic does get brought up some with horror movies and obviously there are some people who are mentally ill and are going to take inspiration from horror movies but, but it's not most the norm people, yeah most people will not
2: yeah these people were already fucked up that's the thing to keep in mind
0: yeah, I mean, if you murder somebody, you're fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> unless, <laughs> it's, l- unless it's a self-defense scenario.
2: Right, which I wouldn't even call murder.
0: True, true. I wouldn't call that murder either. I would call it self-defense.
2: So, yeah, Brian and Tori were wanting to put on a show for their victim. So they tried making a bunch of loud noises in an attempt to lure Cassie and Matt into the basement. But this didn't work for them. I'm guessing because Cassie and Matt had the TV turned up too loud, and they just didn't hear anything. So, their next course of action was to track down the circuit breaker and turn off all the power in the house. And, of course, when they did, it finally caught the attention of Cassie and Matt, and now they were scared. During this time, one of the family dogs stationed itself outside of the basement, and of course kept barking and growling in the direction of where the two boys were hiding. As you can imagine, this really freaked Cassie out, and at this time, Matt decided to call his mom and ask if he could stay the night in order to look after Cassie. Why are they not calling the police? (laughs) I guess they haven't really heard anything at this point. It's just the power went out, which is creepy, and then the dog is barking and growling in the direction of the basement. Yeah. I would be concerned.
0: The power going out, I wouldn't immediately suspect that somebody cut off my power. No, it would
2: just be creepy.
0: Yeah, it'd be like, oh, maybe... Because you never know. It could be like a car crash. Somebody could hit a power pole and that knocks your power out for a couple hours until somebody gets out there to fix it. But the dog barking and growling towards the basement, that would definitely make the hair on the back of my neck stand up for sure. Yeah. I actually forgot to tell you, last night I was watching something. What was I watching? I don't remember exactly what I was watching, but I was watching TV in the living room while eating dinner. And there was a dog on the screen for like one second. And Luna barked at the dog like right in my ear. She was sitting right beside <laughs> me and scared the crap out of me. Like, I'm mid-bite, you know, shoveling food in my face. And she barks and ugh. that was really caught me off guard. But it was it was kind of funny, though. Like afterwards, I was laughing about it. And I was, yeah, I looked at her and said, Luna, don't bark at the TV. She's crazy. She loves to watch TV. She loves to just sit at the end of our bed and just watch TV with us.
2: I'm glad you could laugh about that. Seems a lot less scary than this situation. For sure. So yeah, uh, Matt called his mom to ask if he could stay the night. And his mom said no. But she did offer to let Cassie come stay the night with them. And I very much wish that she had said yes. But shockingly, she did not.
0: Why? Why not?
2: Well, because she was super responsible and she said that she'd look after the house and the dogs, and she was going to do just that. Can you believe that?
0: That's crazy. The power
2: went out, and the dog was barking at the basement, and she was fine with being alone in the house after that. Couldn't be me.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't do that if the power was out, and I had the option to go stay somewhere else. I'm gonna go stay somewhere else. If someone robs, get the hell out of there. If someone robs my apartment, we have renter's insurance for things like that. You know, mm-hmm. so. I wouldn't necessarily be sticking around. And if I couldn't take the dogs with me, then just make sure they have some food and water. Come back every, you know, six to eight hours and take them out. I wouldn't necessarily feel the need to stay at the house. I don't think leaving the house would be irresponsible.
2: Because even if she thought the dogs were in danger, that should be a sign to her that she's also in danger.
0: It probably wasn't that deep. She was probably just thinking, oh, I should stay at home. Yeah. You know, this is my place, so I should stay here. The power will probably come back on mm-hmm. any minute. So, you know, I don't blame her for the decision no, she I'm, made. I'm
2: not blaming her for this. I'm simply admiring her bravery.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you have already talked about the few nights that I was away when I ran track and cross country in college that you just stayed up all night because yeah. you didn't even want to sleep.
2: Yeah, no breaker got flipped or anything. Her and Matt hadn't tried looking for the breaker. Uh, Cassie just hoped that the power would come back on soon. So Matt's mom showed up at around 1030 to pick him up. And as he was leaving, he gave Tori a call because he wanted to see what him and Brian were up to and hopefully link back up with them that night. This is absolutely bonkers.
0: This is crazy. (laughs) This
2: truly is a scream movie. So Tori answered the phone, but he kept his voice at a whisper so that Cassie wouldn't be able to hear him. And Matt didn't think anything of this because he just assumed Tori was trying to be quiet because they were at the movies. I do not know if they ended up making plans or not, but Tori and Brian were getting sick of Cassie not cooperating with their plan. They tried Not
0: cooperating? Why won't you cooperate with your murder?
2: Well, yeah, they were entitled dickbags. They tried making noises again in order to lure her into the basement, but at this point, she had gone to sleep on the couch. I'm not sure how she managed to fall asleep, but to be fair, at this point, she didn't know that she was in a horror movie. So the two killers waited a little bit longer, but no one had cooperated with their plan. So they abandoned the basement altogether and went upstairs to speed up the ordeal. And I'm not making this up. They tried and failed again to scare Cassie by opening and slamming a closet door, but she slept through this as well. Her killers were probably so upset about this. Their egos definitely took a hit.
0: Yeah, their pride is definitely damaged. Also, I don't know why, but when you said dick bags, that was just really funny to me and I'm still like giggling about I've that. I've never over heard that. Here. I
2: just decided to make it up on the spot.
0: I'm just I'm just thinking of like a wall, like a plastic Walmart <laughs> bag that's just like shaped like a dick that you just put over there and just start selling some merch dick bags. Yes. They have absolutely no use, dick bags. <laughs>
2: Oh, God! Maybe that'll be in our merch collection one day.
0: It'd be a good prank <laughs> gift, but no, nah, I, th- I think I'm going to pass on that one.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, they were discouraged. Their egos took a hit, but they did get to carry out their plan of killing Cassie. They approached her head on and stabbed her about 30 times. Brian with a dagger and Tori with a hunting knife. Most of the fatal wounds were on the right side of her heart. They left her lying in her own blood. The boys actually recorded themselves talking to each other on this night and the footage is on YouTube, if you can stomach it. I watched it for research purposes, otherwise I probably wouldn't have. The video is super disturbing, in the first part you can hear the boys talking about their plan to kill Cassie, and then it cuts to footage of them afterwards feeling super accomplished and full of themselves. The way they talk about Cassie is so gross. They said that she was a friend of theirs, but simply had to be sacrificed in order for them to become famous serial killers. These assholes.
0: This is a human being. It's so weird. We all have our sphere of people, you know, Uh and then it's hard for us to see anybody outside of that group of people as anything but an NPC. Like you have to be really conscious to see people out of your sphere of influence as an actual person.
2: Because we're naturally egotistical.
0: Exactly. That's how
2: our brains are wired.
0: There is a sense of disconnect when mm-hmm. you hear about a tragedy that's in another country versus a tragedy that's in your home state or whatever. But this is somebody who was in their circle, in their friend group, somebody they knew intimately. And to just they didn't discard care. them as nothing is just so sickening.
2: Mm-hmm. Takes a special kind of person. You can go and watch the video if you want. It's super easy to find, but again, very disturbing. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you can probably handle it. I just hate actually having to look at the people who do this kind of shit and hear their voices. I hate it. Mm -hmm. Now, this is pretty weird if you ask me, but the police didn't actually show up at the house and discover Cassie until two days later, especially since on the day after the incident, Matt kept trying to call Cassie, and he couldn't get a hold of her. So I'm just wondering why they waited so long. And obviously, no one would be able to get a hold of her, so it seems a little strange to me that they didn't find her sooner. But the police did find Cassie's body in her aunt and uncle's house on September 24th. An investigation began immediately, and the police easily learned that Brian and Tori were some of the last people to interact with her. This is because the killers told the police that they had been at the house with Cassie on September 22nd before leaving at 8.30 p.m. And, of course, they wouldn't have been able to lie about this, even if they wanted to, because Matt was there as well. Speaking of Matt, his behavior initially raised concerns for the police because apparently he wasn't showing enough emotion over his girlfriend getting murdered. He did pass the polygraph test, so nothing ever came of that. Which, I don't think this is super weird. I mean, people can grieve in different ways. And I believe one way is to just shut down. This definitely could have been the case for Matt. Doesn't necessarily mean that he wasn't upset.
0: Yeah. I could definitely understand why the police would be looking at him. Especially when they do find out who the two murderers are. Because he is very close to them. It's a horror movie. And was also very close to her. It is kind of like Scream to where everybody's a suspect, but you don't know who did it.
2: Yeah. So back to Brian and Tori. They told the police that they were shocked to hear of the murder and that they had no clue who would want to kill Cassie. Their alibi was the same one they had given to their friends. They said they had left early to go to the movies. But when the cops asked Tori to give details about the movie he had seen, he couldn't give any. He didn't even come ready with any lies. World class serial killer, my ass.
0: <laughs> for real, they didn't even buy a movie ticket or anything no, to show. they, as proof. they couldn't they even look up. The they didn't go watch plot the movie on Wikipedia. A day, well, that would be a little sus if they looked up the plot, you know, in their internet search history. That's that's great. True. That's great. Didn't think about that. I love that they wanted to be world class, whatever that means for serial killers, world class, and then they're just bumbling buffoons. Yeah.
2: And Brian as well. Neither of them could say anything about the movie. And not only that, but one of the kids at school who worked at the movie theater said that he never saw the two boys come through, which is hilarious. And maybe Brian and Tori began to realize that they weren't going to just get away with this. Because they ended up confessing. Sort of. Brian took on full responsibility for killing Cassie, but Tori, to this day, will tell you that he didn't take part in any of the actual stabbing He says he truly believes that they were just playing a cruel prank. And this is such bullshit. They both clearly premeditated the act of killing Cassie, and Brian also said that this was bullshit. (laughs) He said they had both taken part in the physical activity of stabbing. Brian and Tori actually led the police to their stash of weapons and clothing from that night, which they had buried at a nearby recreational site called Black Rock Canyon. Also stashed there were the video recordings, which proved that Tori was not innocent like he claimed to be. And they continued talking to the police until the night of Cassie's murder became more and more clear. They were only children, after all. They could only handle so much pressure from the investigation. Must have been very humbling for these jerks. (laughs) They thought they could kill someone for fun and then just get to go back to living their normal lives.
0: Well, the thing is, they weren't planning on doing this just once. They wanted to be serial killers. They were confident that they could not only do this and get away with it, but do it again and again and again and again. They couldn't even get away with it once. How sickening... Yeah, but how sickening is it that that was their plan? Like, that was going to be their hobby, was was to just go go around and kill people for fun. Yep. That's so disgusting. Going back to the hunting scenario... I don't even, okay, so I've only ever killed two deer, and it was when I was like much younger because I don't do a whole lot of hunting now. But I wouldn't even say I take joy in killing a deer.
2: No, it's just, absolutely not. It's a
0: means of getting food. It is fun to go out there and put yourself to the test, you know, find the right spot to set up, make sure that your scent is covered so the deer can't smell you, you know, have the patience have the skill to make the shot, whether you're shooting with a rifle or a shotgun or a bow or whatever, there's a lot of fun aspects to it. But I wouldn't even say that the death side of it is the fun part. That's just the means to like getting the food. But I think the more hobby side of it is the skill aspects. And that's why I think most people who are really, really into hunting, especially if they have their physical health, because some people can't physically pull back a bow or whatever. But I think the biggest hobby hunters that still do it for food, they still eat the animals, but they usually do bow hunting because that takes a lot more skill and a lot more effort. And that's the fun part. That's the challenge of it. So you're going out there to get your food, but you're intentionally making it harder on yourself and making it more of a fair fight for the animal. But like I said, the killing isn't necessarily the fun part. That's just... means to an end to get the food yeah it wouldn't be for me so like killing an animal isn't even fun why do these people find killing a person fun that's just so disgusting
2: yes disgusting is the word so yeah they forgot to fully flesh out their alibi so now their lives were ruined and here's some more news good
0: it they should be
2: well i have some well some good news actually both of these fuckers were convicted of first degree murder obviously but they were also both given life sentences with no possibility of parole at any point.
0: Good. I love this. Rot.
2: My least favorite thing is when they give out lesser sentences because the killers are only 16. Like, nope. I personally don't care how old they were at the time. All that matters is that they're a waste of human life. There is no place in society for these people.
0: Totally agree.
2: Anna Stoddart, Cassie's mother, was also happy about the sentences. She said, I'm just happy my baby got her justice. Brian Draper was interviewed 15 years after the crime by Keith Morrison of Dateline, and he claims that he regrets killing Cassie. He blamed it on having a stutter and said, I felt like a nobody, and I felt like I'd be somebody if I did something, you know, big and bad.
0: Bullshit. Bullshit. You don't feel bad about it. You feel bad that you got caught, motherfucker. (laughs)
2: If he really is guilty, that's good that he realizes how fucked up all this was, and if he's lying, well, fuck him. Either way, fuck him, because him and Tori also listed several other of their heroes as inspiration for this disgusting act, including the Hillside Strangler, the Zodiac Killer, Ted Bundy, and the Columbine High School Shooters. There's no way either of these boys could idolize such hateful people and then turn around and say they regretted what they did. Maybe that's just me, but you all can watch the videotapes and form your own opinion.
0: To me, it sounds like they're not sorry that they did it. They're sorry that they got caught.
2: Agreed. And the thing that I want to stress here is that if someone asks you to house it for them, please be careful out there.
0: What a wild ride. Yeah, I definitely think life without the possibility of parole is the right choice there because they definitely seem highly likely to re-offend because that's what they want to do. They want to be serial killers. Now, there are some times where I do think somebody who has committed a murder could potentially be released from jail. But honestly, the only way I ever see that happening is with somebody like Morgan Geyser, which she's not even a murderer because she didn't kill the person that she attacked in the Slenderman stabbing episode that we covered. Mm Mm-hmm but she had a psychological break because she had a mental illness that was untreated. If that person could be treated and get healthy and get to a point where they're not a danger to society, I could see a person like that being released, but outside of having any external factors like a mental health issue or something like that, it's just completely unexcusable to kill somebody. If you're perfectly in the right state of mind, And you choose to kill somebody, you should never be free again, ever. And honestly, it's scary to let somebody who even, you know, had a psychotic episode and killed somebody, it's scary to even let them out because it's, you never know. What if they stop taking their medication? What if they have another episode? What if they harm someone else? Even letting somebody like that out of prison is really scary, you know, but... I definitely don't think somebody who is in the right state of mind and chose to kill somebody should even have the possibility of parole ever.
2: No, I strongly believe that if these fuckers ever got out, they would turn around and do the same thing.
0: Yeah, I have no doubt because it sounds like that's just what they want to do.
2: They would have had plenty of time in prison to think of a better plan and uh, <laughs> try not to have any holes in it this time.
0: All right. Well, I think that's it for today's episode. If you all enjoyed this episode and you want to help us out, the best thing you can do is leave us a five star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. And if you want ad free episodes, feel free to check out our Patreon link down below.
2: Yes. And if you want to give us a follow, we post every Monday, Wednesday and Friday.
0: And as always, be Be careful careful out out there. there.